What are you guys going to do? Anything? Well, it's not. It's. I mean, it might need to go get some potatoes, right? Potato famine back in Ireland. Sure. Shout out. I mean, you're going to celebrate. Well, I'm, I'm Irish. Oh, no, I, I'm Irish, though. Oh, so, yeah. oh, is that right? Yeah, for real. Real, for real. Shout out to my mom. Is Shout out right? to Patty, yeah. For real, for real. For real, for real, yeah. yeah. Black really? Irish. You're, you're everything, so you must have some Irish I'm, in you. I don't. I'm Colombian and Lebanese. Okay. Oh, okay. Not really my, now, Jordan <laughs> from his mom's side has Irish. I may pick up a, a plate for there's a there's an Irish joint right by my house because you didn't bring me a plate like you said you would. Oh. Um, so, but beer is out. I don't, I'm not a beer drinker. I'm going to get some wings. That's not Irish, but I'm going to get some wings in <laughs> honor of the tournament. There you go. <laughs> Curtis is going to have um, chicken wings and cabbage. Yeah, there you go. Mm-hmm. My mom's listening. I know she's going to text me something here in a second and yeah, talk about how her favorite her favorite dish that she used to make when I was growing up. Um, okay. uh, you heard Jimmy uh, Mick Garoppolo. We'll make everyone Irish today. <laughs> oh, Garoppolo talking about Las Vegas as a sports town. Let's talk a little San Diego sports, talk a little bit about the uh, Wolfpack and the conference. Uh, Julian Delgadio is in San Diego. He works for Fox 5, used to work with uh, Nevada Sportsnet. What's up, buddy? Hey, thanks for having me, guys. I appreciate it. I, I have to say it's uh, it's a little crazy to have somebody from uh, northern Nevada on the show. I feel a little uh, Jeff Horton-esque, kind of well, taking both sides here. But just, uh, just so you know, we're actually we're on for an hour every day, this hour in Reno on ESPN in Reno. So uh, we definitely talk oh, uh, Nevada topics. And, it, and it's a big deal. Yeah, it's pretty amazing, yeah. Um, it's uh, We actually have a couple of Nevada sports nets. Um, talent uh, in uh, Shannon Kelly and also uh, Alex Margulies on on a, on a regular basis, so we definitely want to service that audience. So actually, let's start there with, uh, you know, you watching from afar, you follow the conference, but you followed Nevada a lot at one point. What do you think of the end of the season? First of all, they get into the tournament, which was great off of three straight losses, but man, they were just not ready from the get-go against Arizona State. I don't get it. Well, you know, it's so funny you say that because it's like that game had so much juice on so many different levels. You know, you think about Arizona State with Desmond Cambridge, Warren Washington, guys that Nevada recruited, guys that played for the Wolfpack, you know, and that team getting hot at the right time, kind of being a bubble team. I know they beat Arizona a few weeks back uh, on that last-second buzzer beater by Cambridge. Uh, You look at Nevada, though, they have that home win against San Diego State when San Diego State was ranked. That was big. They were talking tournament, tournament, tournament. And then they really cooled off. And I think that loss that they had to Wyoming really cost them. And then three straight losses, you know, I think everybody in northern Nevada was kind of biting their nails a little bit to see if uh, if they would make it. If they wouldn't, clearly they were the last team in. But uh, that game got ugly. It reminded me of, I think it was Rocky Four when Apollo goes out there and starts fighting the Russian. Uh, just, just a bloodbath. And it was doubly rough because then you had uh, jabronis all over the country who don't watch Mountain West Conference basketball just annihilating Nevada for the performance, and then, you know, the conference sucks. So it's – and I don't believe that. Um, and now San Diego State's in this position. They don't care about carrying the mantle for the rest of the conference. But, you know, they it would be nice for them to advance to the Sweet 16 to kind of quiet the cries of people around the country who think this conference stinks. Well, you know, I think that's, that's really the point why anybody who uh, watches Mount West basketball is really kind of siding for San Diego State at this point because the conference this year, I would argue, has been one of the best in, you know, recent memory. You five teams upwards of, you know, top 50 net ranking that everybody cares about. And all five of those teams were, you know, duking it out and anybody can win on any given night. Uh, you know, I feel like I kind of caught the Mount West at a lucky time. You know, I, when I was working in northern Nevada, we had the Martin Twins, we had Jordan Caroline. You know, they were winning multiple conference titles left and right, and they made a sweet 16 run. But 
since 2018, nobody in the Mountain West has gotten close to sniff that, let alone win. Uh, San Diego State's the first team in the Mountain West to win in the dance since 2018. Um, kind of interesting, you know, but I have to say this team, from watching all season long, and I, I have enjoyed these Aztecs, but I just feel like they'll, they'll lull you to sleep, and that's what they do best. And it's you know, you get a team like Furman coming in. They have four players that average double digits in scoring. They're feeling confident. I mean, if you knock out, you know, Virginia the way they did, you got to figure that they have the hot hand here. But it's like, can San Diego State maybe lull them to sleep and uh, and get to the Sweet 16? It's kind of crazy to even be talking about right now. It seems, though, that it, this, this could be a matchup almost similar to when San Diego State got San, San Jose State, right? Um, is you don't want to underestimate a, a, a team that you didn't expect to be playing. Furman comes in on a high. You want to sort of maybe take advantage of a letdown situation. San Diego State they handled their business. Charleston gave them all they could, but how do the Aztecs make sure they stay focused on a team that they probably weren't expecting to play? You know, I think my biggest point of concern with these guys so far is just the fact that they have these scoring droughts. You know, and I think the first half of yesterday's game, you kind of saw a little bit of that. You saw a lot of turnovers. They had 10 turnovers in the first half, four turnovers in the second half. So they really cleaned it up in the final 20. But something that they did really well, you know, Charleston had five double-digit double scores. They held them to just three. And Charleston averaged 10 threes a game, and they limited them to just five of 24. So they took what Charleston did really well away from them. And in games like this, especially with a senior-heavy squad that SDSU has this year, I think experience comes into play with that. Uh, that being said, though, you know, I've seen a lot of Aztec basketball this season, and I've seen them just go ice cold for stretches of five to seven minutes. And if that happens tomorrow, especially in the second half, I think Furman's going to sweep the team. Julian Delgadio, Delgadio, Fox 5 San Diego. Uh, Julian, and we've obviously watched a lot of you standing State basketball here in Vegas. Um, and we saw UNLV, a matter of fact, going on those long scoring droughts as well, like you mentioned with San Diego State. But I think that the thing with San Diego State, and you, and you can fill us in, but the, their ability to not only have droughts and still win games and, and be defensively controlling the game, but they can also score. What is it with, with their teams and, and Coach Brian Dutcher that allows them to play multiple styles? And even when they seem like they may be out of the game, they checked out like in the conference tournament, they struggled at the start of the game. Um, still able to, to pull out a win because of what they can do defensively and stuff the other team out. Yeah, you know, they have one of the top defenses in the country, and I think what really, uh, they like, to, they stretch the floor so well. They're long, they're athletic, you know, they grab the rebounds. They have Nathan Mente, who's the two-time defensive player of the year in the conference. They also have Lamont Butler that won that award this year from the media, but lost it from the coach's perspective. So, you know, they have guys who are all-conference caliber defenders, and then they get these transfers in. They can shoot the three pretty well. Matt Bradley, I think, was arguably on the short list for player of the year this year. Uh, he's a big transfer that they got there. Uh, I, I really think that these guys, you know, in a lot of ways, this is it for them, too. I mean, we all know in the Mountain West, not everybody gets a shot at uh, the NBA or, or even the G League at this point. So I think their defense clamps down even when that offense is struggling, and that's what keeps all of their games close. That being said, I've seen this team play up to teams that are better than them. Earlier in the year, they're playing Arkansas. That was a top-10 Arkansas Razorback team. Uh, they took them to overtime, lost in overtime. That was a really good game. They also played Arizona. Um, just certain Ohio State is well. to the occasion and then fall down again. Yeah, I'm fascinated to see, you know, we talked so much about defense with San Diego State. I'm fascinated to see what happens tomorrow 
against Furman, considering it is a 9-10 a.m. start. That can be troubling for West Coast teams that are used to the Pacific time zone. I wonder what's going to happen to this one. The total's 139. Do you think it's just a grinder, or can San Diego State get off offensively? I think it's going to be a grinder. I also think it's interesting when you bring up the time change, because when San Diego State drew Orlando in the first and second round of this thing, I thought that that was kind of a punishment. You know, they send Boise State to Sacramento, which is, you know, it's an hour and a half, two-hour flight from San Diego here. I think that would have been more advantageous. That being said, though, I don't know if SDSU is in the same spot if, if all those things happen. But that three-hour time difference will certainly make a difference. They got there on Wednesday, so maybe their bodies have adjusted. You know, I, I don't know the, uh, the intricacies of, of where they're at. But it's going to be fun, man. I think whoever comes out of that game, you know, if it is Furman, becomes the Cinderella story of the dance. And I think everybody looks forward to those types of things. If San Diego State makes it, you know, I think a lot of people here in San Diego would be surprised that um, that this team got that far. I mean, we all knew that they were senior heavy and that they had the talent, but to put it together at this stage uh, is pretty impressive, you know. And uh, I'll, I'll be up early, you know, maybe get a, a nice little Bloody Mary or two and, uh, and enjoy tweeting from my couch. There you go. Julian, we appreciate it. By the way, are you, uh, you're an L.A. native or are you a, a Valley guy? I'm a Valley guy, can you tell? I have the Valley girl accent. No, no, my no. I, I, was, I actually looked up, I was looking up the, the, uh, the bio, your, uh, on your Fox 5 bio, saying uh, in uh, what, Pacoima, and your parents own a shop there, so. Very yeah, familiar yeah. with the Valley. Oh, really? Are you from there? I am not from there, but I have someone who lives with me, the lady friend who is from the Valley and proudly touts that all the time. As she was a Taft High School grad, so she loves to talk about oh, ice cream. Oh, no kidding. I went to school about 10 minutes from her uh, crest because it was also on Ventura Boulevard. Because, oh. uh, I, I know Tom well. There, there are you go. stories back in the day. <laughs> All right. There you go. There you go. Crespi grad. Uh, Julian, we appreciate it, man. We'll get you on soon, okay? Thanks a lot. Hey, appreciate the time. See you guys. There he is. Julian Delgado. He is a uh, former Reno area guy. You just heard born in the Valley. By the way, everyone in the Valley hates Crespi. Uh, if I'm correct, all boys like power sports, uh, you know, sense. parochial school. Kind of like a Rosh's school. We, by the way, we, I forgot to reach out to a Rosh who's uh, in town. So he's been texting me all day. Is he going to come by or not? No, it's funny. Uh, it's funny when a Rosh comes in. You know, he 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 got a spot out here, but when he staycations out here and he gets a spot, it's always like, hey, do you want to get together with? Yeah, okay. Here's where I'll be. You're like, well, no, why don't you come down here? But then you come to find out, well, that's where he's staying. So you got to go to him. You have to gravitate. To I think the he Rosh. bought a place, didn't he? He did, but that's what I'm saying. Like, I think he's staying downtown. Oh really? This weekend, yeah. Must be nice. He's, you know, he are you to, allowed to speak ill of your boss? I'm not speaking ill of him. I'm telling the truth. Okay. I thought you were getting sassy about him. Well, I am. I'm going to give him crap. I'm trying to lay into him. Okay. I don't want to. I'm not going to accuse Julian of anything here, but I have been mentioning the theme around San Diego State, and it's coming from Dutcher. There's a couple things. One, San Diego State was whining during the tournament via a media member about not doing what the West Coast Conference does and giving the top teams in the Mountain West Conference a buy or a double buy. That's what they want at San Diego State. They want a double buy? They had, they had a, a buy. Then they, then they were complaining that the semis are on Friday night and the title game is played at 3 o'clock on Saturday. One. You don't like that? So I'll give them that So one. should yeah. Mountain West play a night game? Yeah. And just forego the big big uh, CBS TV coverage? you got to do something. I mean, something's got something's to give there. I mean, that's a, that's a tough tournament. So, like, uh, Utah State, right? I mean, they played. They, I think they didn't get back until till, till after midnight on Friday night, and they got to turn around, and then they've got to. I mean, you got to be back at Thomas and Mac by what twelve thirty one o'clock. Well, and in, in, in the post game presser from the from the semi, 
Dutcher brought that up, that last year he was in that position. His team was in that position where they played the night game. By the time they got back, then you got to be back to the arena for warm-ups. Right, so, you're, so realistically, it's less than a 12-hour turnaround, which you're putting a lot of toll on your body. All I know is this. The two times that we finished the, second, the number two seed, we had no problems on Saturday. We came out and beat the dog crap out of BYU. Well, there's a big difference between UNLV and those boys from San Diego. We they're know they're a little pretentious. They whine a little yeah, bit. Man, there's no, you know, what about, on, what about the notion? Dogs in UNLV. What about the notion of the bye? No. You're, now you're just... Now you're just you're just getting needy. You're just you're yeah. Come on, you're, you're good. You're also you're good, but you're double buys are not welcome. I like the West Coast, right? Uh, and I think it's relatively deep. I don't think it's as deep as the Mountain West Conference. So you, and protecting Gonzaga and the money Gonzaga can bring in, I guess, is an interest. I don't think SDSU is there where they're they deserve that kind of treatment. You can do that when you play a true schedule. When everybody plays everybody two times. Uh, that's part of it. Yeah, I mean, the Mountain West is screwed up this year, no yeah, doubt. Usually you have to, you have to do that. All right, Curtis. Well, we appreciate you coming down here. Thanks, Thanks guys. My yeah. mom said scalloped cabbage is going to be on deck tonight up in Seattle. So if anybody wants to stop by Patty's house. <laughs> End of the game. Lady Rebels unfortunately fall in Baton Rouge, seventy-one to fifty-nine against Michigan. You heard the game right here on ESPN, Las Vegas. And man, oh man, no chance to go up against that pro-Russian anti-female. Kim Mulkey. What a bummer. I was so fired up for the next meeting. So fired up. I hope they lost to Hawaii. I have no idea what the score is. We'll have to get an update on that. I'll take care of looking at that. You know I have intense rooting interest. Yep. You know. I pick my enemies. Uh, Justin Watkins is not an enemy. Battleborn Injury Lawyers. He joins us from somewhere in Las Vegas. What are you doing today, buddy? Oh, I'm out in Henderson um, deciding uh, on picking up my electric vehicle. What? <laughs> oh, this is a whole uh, scrap the rundown. Full, fully electric or hybrid? Fully electric. Oh wow! Yeah, I ordered. At, this is a funny story, but I ordered basically five different electric vehicles all in and before the pandemic. And I figured over the course of time, I'd, I'd have my choice of whichever one came in, right. and they all simultaneously came in in oh, wow. within thirty days of each other. So. Just picking out which one I'm actually going to keep. Um, one, uh, there's four hosts on Cofield and Company. We could all, you want some signage? We'll just drive around the electric cars around town with a uh, Battleborn signage. Magnetic signs. It's a good deal. It's a good deal for you. <laughs> yeah. And by the way, you have to install whatever the electric, uh, cont- I don't know what it is. What do you have to put in your garage? Uh, some sort of different plug or power source? Yeah, you don't you don't have to, but that you can put it have a supercharger installed in there. But the reality is, is most of these new um, electric vehicles uh, come with unlimited or quite a bit of public charging for free. Oh, nice! And so if you work next to a charger, then that's just as good, you know. Is this a side vehicle? Are you actually do you have a you have a good sized truck to go from a truck and the power of the truck to an electric? That's quite the transition. Uh, well, I'm not getting rid of the truck because uh, I do too many outdoor things, right? Hunting and camping, and all. I, I have to have a truck. But as you know, I live in Sohi, and I work in Summerlin, and I work in Henderson, and so driving the truck around all those miles with gas prices yes. fluctuating as they do does not make a lot of sense. All right, Willie, are you next? No, you're not next. You're not going mm-hmm. the electric vehicle. 
Nah, not and not because I'm anti. I'm just not rushing out to do it. I'm just okay. not. Well, I mean, you could you could well, do it. Ju- you could do it. Justin did order five, and they'll be in in 2025. Right. Well, I'll tell you, I did just, just test drive one, and it was like I, don't, I won't mention which one it was, but it was like a rocket ship. Talk about power! It was unbelievable. Oh boy! All right. So you're gonna go with the rocket ship? Maybe. Nice. I like that. Be aggressive. You got to be aggressive on these roads. Real aggressive. Um, are you doing anything for St. Patty's Day? Uh, Willie has basically said, no, I had to bring him food, so now he's out. He's mad at me for that. Uh, corned beef and cabbage, can your system handle it? You're a very healthy eater. Yeah, I don't think that that's going to be in the lineup for me today. Um, you know, I, I do have Irish ancestry, so it, it is what I'm supposed to do, but it's not going to happen today. Okay, that's understandable. It's understandable. Uh Give me your take on the latest with the Alabama basketball team. So they won yesterday. They've now got four players, uh, you know, either directly involved with this murder in Tuscaloosa. Um, you know, we found out about three names since with Brandon Miller being their best player, but now we found out about a walk-on. There was another player on the scene. Now they've got an armed security person to tag around with Brandon Miller. Again, this is a crazy situation because innocent until proven guilty, but from an optic standpoint – the further Bama makes it, I mean, if this team makes it to the Final Four, we're just going to bury what happened? Well, I mean, they are innocent. There, there have been no charges that they participated in really any way in this murder. Um, again, the, the involvement of Brandon Miller was the person who ended up giving the gun to the shooter, owned the gun that was in Brandon's car, and he told Brandon to come to the scene so he could get and he didn't even tell him why according to police reports to come to the scene then he grabbed the gun out of the back seat gave it to the shooter and shot so the fact that four players are involved or you know present at the scene allegedly um alabama disputes that alabama basically says there was two not four um but each of those circumstances is in or around because Brandon's there, because they were in Brandon's car and drove with him um, or, or not. So, like, from my perspective, these people, these, these players are innocent. Um, you know, you can make an argument that they shouldn't have gone to the scene, um, but I certainly don't believe that they've done anything illegal and I don't think it's just because of Alabama law. And so I think any sort of threats that are being made towards these players are are unjustified. But apparently there's enough threats going on that Miller has been assigned personal security. Speaking with Justin Watkins. So, uh, Justin, good news up in Washington. Coach Joe Kennedy has been reinstated. Uh, he's allowed to pray. It's okay that he prayed. Who is this guy? So Coach Joe Kennedy was a high school football coach in the state of Washington, and he had been suspended because his prayers violated the Establishment Clause of the U.S. Constitution. The high court ruled that Bremerton School District actually violated Coach Kennedy's First Amendment rights. So... As the headline reads, the praying football coach is now back on the job after Supreme Court victory. God forbid anybody pray before a game. 
Yeah, I mean, I, th- I think the Supreme Court actually got this right. Um, so the praying was occurring after the games, after all of the coaching requirements had been fulfilled and everybody was allowed to go do their own personal thing, whether it was go see their wife and kids or go to chat with other coaches or do whatever they wanted. There was, right. there was no set obligation on the part of the coaches after these games, and this coach went would go onto the field and have a moment of prayer, and it turned into a collection of players and other staff members joining him, mm-hmm. and that was the allegation of why it violated establishment clause, was there was a claim that basically he was making the players pray, and if, if the players didn't pray, maybe they felt like they weren't going to get favor with this assistant football coach. So that was the challenge. But, um, you know, on, on that personal time, I think the Supreme Court got it right. The court ordered uh, reinstatement of the coach as an assistant coach in the same job um, and that they could no longer stand in the way of his personal time of reflection after games, um, after coaching duties had been fulfilled. And they got it right. You're, you're 100% accurate. But at the same token, the fact that they got it right because it's afterward – I still have a problem with that word after because I've covered plenty of high school football games, bowl games, and when they take a moment, whether it's a player or a coach, and they just go off to the side on their own and kneel down on the field to say a pregame prayer, whatever it may be, my son who wrestled at Arborview, when they would say red, green, before he would turn around, kneel down, and say a quick prayer and then and do the sign of the cross and come, there should be no problem with that either. Well, two different things here, right? The, under no circumstances was, is anybody going to say a player or a student cannot do that. They absolutely can because their First Amendment rights would be trampled upon if they were told they were not allowed to pray. What the challenge was here is that the coach was a state actor. He's an employee of the state, and the allegation was is he wasn't praying by himself right. but was praying with a group of, of students and that the students or some of the students felt compelled right. to pray. Otherwise, they would be on the outs with the coach. Now, I'll tell you, when they went through that case, they found, they found no evidence of that. They mm-hmm. couldn't find any situation in which any player was treated any differently because he, he was in or out of the prayer circle. So I think that ultimately doomed the case. But I agree with your sentiment. As long as they're off doing it by themselves, whether player or coach, no stopping it. Under any circumstances, you can't stop a player, a student, and in some very limited circumstances, you could stop a coach if they were compelling others to participate in the prayer. Justin, you have a wonderful weekend. We appreciate you joining us for a couple of minutes. and. Uh Good luck. Very first world problems. Uh, I hope you can find the right electric car. Again, I would go with the, I would go with a rocket ship, but you know me. That sounds good, guys. Thanks. Have a good one. He did not agree to let us drive the other four electric cars as agents of Battleborn Injury Lawyers. I'm not sure why. I I would be glad to. Not you know I I have no problem with that. We'll throw the magnet on, especially when we come do shows on well, Battleborn Days. I mean, we'll text him after the show. Yeah, we got. Maybe misunderstood my pitch. We'll discuss. It's an investment in Battleborn Injury Lawyers. We're here for you, especially we're we're we're, we're remote. Yes, we'll drive we'll drive your brand new electric cars and 
I don't know what you'll do with them after a couple of months, but uh, we'll do it. Uh, finals in from the NCAA tournament. Otz is out. T.J. Otzelberger, just a terrible shooting performance by the Cyclones. Iowa State loses 59-41. to uh, Number 11, Pittsburgh, one of the last teams in, actually advancing to the Sweet 16. Iona fell in the end to UConn. They wound up losing by 24 in that one, 87-63. to UConn, the four seed, moves on. Golden Circle Sportsbook and Bar, come on down here. NCAA tournament action going on. Golden Circle Sportsbook and Bar, you hear the radio call there with Kevin Kugler. That was a tight game until about 12 minutes left, and then Michigan State started pulling away. That was a loser today for me. I had in play USC plus 7.5. Did not work out. We'll see if I can win a little bit of money tonight. Willie Ramirez, Cofield, everyone's concerned about if I win money. Uh, We're set up here inside Treasure Island, uh, just down to the south of us. In Hendertucky, not really Hendertucky, Henderson, at the Raiders facility, after a uh, day-long delay, Jimmy G was introduced, Willie. I know you watch this, and I appreciate you grabbing the sound. The vast sound crew includes a lot of us. What do you think, just in general, his demeanor, his approach? Um, I thought that he was... It, I don't know how to describe it. it. The one thing that I was surprised with Moses, there was a lot of questions about like the Raider way, the Raider organization, Raider history, and a lot of it was I don't know. Didn't really know the tradition when they asked. When I he, love that. Yeah, he does. He didn't. He wasn't familiar with it. What he did know was that it was it was uh, uh, it, it was always an organization that was cool. Like he's going to be playing for a cool organization, and he gets to wear black. I thought those were real. That was kind of like. Like you sort of still saw the the young kid, like it's still. I mean, he's not a kid, right? He came in the league in 2014 with Derek Carr, um, but there's still somewhat of a of a the the little boy, right? The, he talked a little bit about you know growing up and what he knew and his dad, and he just remembers that it was a cool one of the cool organizations. So to play for it, but he but he's looking forward to to um, to learning. The si- or relearning somewhat, not the system that he, because he knows it obviously with with uh, Josh McDaniels, but sort of now that it's in place in the Raiders with the components that are here, and then being able to, he wants to take some time for himself to get adjusted, and then work on his teammates that need to sort of see the system fleshed out and understood a little bit more. Um, for the most part, though. You know, he, went, he said he went to dinner last night uh, with the family. A lot of excitement and enthusiasm, obviously, with a lot of things going on. March Madness, walking through the casino. Um, he was obviously asked about the delay and what the issue was. He said it was a, it was purely just the language and just getting certain things worked out before signing the contract. It had nothing to do with the physical. Um, so, yeah, other than that, I thought, you know, you know, we always hear that phrase, did he win the press conference? I don't think he won it, but I don't think he lost it either. I think he just came in, talked, and, you know, he's happy to be here and happy to get started. Hasn't really talked to any of the players other than text messaging. So in terms of getting together and, and building relationships, that's that's on the horizon. He hasn't really outside of text messages. So, uh, yeah. Here's Jimmy G on Las Vegas. I haven't got a ton of I mean I've only been here for a couple days so I haven't gotten a ton of experience with it but we went out to dinner uh, me and the family last night and people seem to be very fired up around here a lot a lot of football fans out there uh 
just walk, we walked through one of the casinos to the restaurant and the place was going crazy. So I'm excited about that part of it for sure. Jimmy Garoppolo on his motivation, thinking that he's got something to prove. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm trying to win a Super Bowl. I know every, every player says that when they come up to their first press conference, but that's my goal. I want to go get a ring, uh, get the silver and black back to where it should be. And uh, I know it's not an easy process. Been through it. San Francisco, you know, lower end of the field when I first got there, but it's a process, but it'll be worth it. And uh, one more here, Garoppolo talking about uh, what's on the way here and uh, what he brings to the Raiders. Bringing energy, uh, trying to get everyone on the same page, get everyone rolling in the same direction. And like I said before, I'm trying to earn it. I don't want, just because I'm the quarterback, I, I'm not the leader because of that. I want to be the leader because guys respect me and believe in me. And I think that starts with hard work. And so I'll try to do that as much as I can and take it from there. Brown over to the right wing for Nolan. Higher can pass down low on the right block for Kaiser. Goes to her left. Hook shot good from the restricted area. to bounce off the backside of the rim and went down the twine. A double team by Kennedy Winfrey and by Desiree Young. Kaiser is able to beat it. Former NFL cornerback and ESPN Las Vegas NFL insider Mark McMillan is live on Cofield & Company now. All right, let's do it. Mark McMillan's up here in a second. Let's do a giveaway first, though. 364-1100, caller 7. SmackDown, Friday night SmackDown, March 24th, 5 o'clock. AXS.com is where you can get your tickets for MGM Grand Garden Arena. Friday night SmackDown, March 24th. That's a Friday, 5 o'clock start. WWE is in town, caller 7, 364-1100. Mark, what's up, buddy? What's up? See if we can get Mark on a little cleaner line. Five o'clock hour, we're going to get into uh, brackets and how we're doing so far. Oh, boy. <laughs> Arizona hurt me yesterday. You know also I really liked? No. In this tournament to make a run? Because mm. I know you're not studying my brackets. Maybe you are. Um, I was very bullish on Virginia Commonwealth. Oh, boy. I liked them today. Now, Man, wait a minute. They can were, I look they, at, they were not. They can were I look not. at your bracket? Oh, I, I thought everyone could look at everyone's bracket. I don't know. I don't go and sit and look at everybody oh. and, and click on their names. I didn't do that. Can, if you can, then yeah, I'll, I'll go check your bracket. Out. Oh, you don't have to. It's, I could care. It's, le- it's, I couldn't it's, care it's, less about anyone else. It's busted, broken, destroyed. Yeah, St. Mary's today was pretty dominant in the second half, and defensively, they're a really good team. They held uh, VCU to thirty-seven percent. St. Mary's wasn't unreal, especially from three-point range, but they played a grinder of a game, got to the free-throw line a bunch, out-rebounded VCU, and wound up winning 63-51. to Three of my final four, by the way, looked really impressive. Alabama, Kansas, Duke. And I got Alabama, huh? Well, that'll make Mark McMillan happy. Mark, you with us? Hey, I'm here, man. I'm sorry about the uh, the mass confusion at first. I was taking my ribs off the grill. You got barbecue sauce on your phone. <laughs> <laughs> what kind of ribs? Are... Good. I got some St. I got some St. Louis style ribs, man, that I've been having on the grill for about the last two and a half hours. I went and did Channel Eight uh, probably about like an hour and a half ago. Set them on the on the grill. So now when I got back, man, I just had to turn them, baste them a little bit, and now wrapping them. They'll be done nice and juicy in about another hour. Nice. Nice. I, I, you know, I, I had a big four-pound round, bottom round roast from that, you know, from my meat company up in North Dakota. And I let it sit 
with a binder and the seasonings and in the in in the fridge for a couple of days. I seared it on a hot grill, and and then or actually I'm sorry, I wrapped it in tin and let it kind of just steam within itself, and then seared it, and then sliced it real thin, almost like roast beef, and finished it in the oven. Man, let me tell you something, dude. Well, oh, Willie, uh, Willie, if you were on Next Level Chef, you'd have been done two days ago. You ain't got two hours and three hours and four days. You got 45 minutes, man. You got to make it happen. <laughs> well, I mean, well, you just got done telling me. I, the reason I told you that was because you just got done telling me you took two hours to cook your ribs. So, obviously, you see what I'm saying? I was trying to make a point, and now you, I, I get it that you're upset that you're off the show, but you don't have to take it out on me, bro. We're, we're family. Hey, man. Hey, man, I'm still on the show, man. It's still Team Rams, and we in the building, baby. Come on, now. You're still tuning in. We got, eye, we got eyes on the show, man. We're still in the building, baby. All right, well, all eyes are on the Raiders building, so let's talk. Jimmy G was introduced finally today. The contract signs. He's in. He's wearing all black. He says the Raiders are cool, and he gets to wear black. You like him? Yeah. Uh, you know what? We got to give him a chance. You know, obviously, you know, one thing about Jimmy G, he's not going to turn the ball over, you know, so that's going to give him a advantage uh, late in games. You know, Carr was turning the ball over. Uh, obviously, you know, he's been to the he's been to the big show. Um, he's been in uh, playoff-type uh, atmosphere games before. Um, he's, obviously, if you sign that much money, Willie, and got a, got a direct deposit, he's going to say the right thing. The suit was looking nice. I think it was Versace or Armani. So, uh, you know, hopefully, hopefully he'll come in and, and – and uh, you know, orchestrate this offense. Uh, but I said it today on the on the news that you know losing Darren Waller, you know that that's that's a, that's a big deal. I don't think people really realize how big of a deal that is in that tight end. What one hundred percent? It's it's a it's a great pickup for the Giants if he stays healthy. And here's the thing: with the way the last you know eight months have gone down surrounding Darren Waller, um, from what late July through the other day. I think that he is going to do everything he can to sort of just get his body ready to go, and he's going to be playing with a chip on his shoulder, regardless of what the Giants do. He's going to lift them up. He could be pivotal in winning a couple of games for them, and he's mm-hmm. going to have. I think he could have a big year. I, I agree, and you know, a lot of people question Waller's health. What about Jimmy G's health? You know, he's been hurt the last three or four years as well. But uh, you know, I'm sure it's a lot deeper. Uh, with Waller uh, not being here in Las Vegas, um, you can see the undertones about him not inviting the coach to the, to the wedding. Then his wife Kelsey takes a, a shot at the coach as well. So there was a lot of stuff that was going on that was behind the scenes that we were all wondering when are we going to see Darren Waller on the football field. But I think we're going to see a, a rejuvenated guy. Uh, whenever you get traded or released, man, it, it, it sucks. Um, people talk about the money, but this man's got to relocate his whole family. Uh, and start over in New York in a tough environment. But if I'm Daniel Jones, I'm clicking my heels because I got one of the best tight ends in the game. Yeah, and, I, and once again, speaking with Mark McMillan, I don't know how much there is about relocating family. I mean, he's just going to go out there in July. Kelsey will stay here and play for the Aces. When the season ends, whether it's with another championship or they bow out in the playoffs, she'll just head to the East Coast and, you know, and hang out in New York. Why not? But, uh, you know, we keep – last year they, they sort of squashed this whole – Patriots West narrative. They didn't want to hear about it. No, no, no. Yes, it's the same system, but no, even though they painted, you know, they painted somewhat of the silver and black with with blue and red and there was now all of a sudden we got Jacoby Myers, we got Phil Dorsett. They're still yep. bigging themselves and surrounding themselves. I have been under the narrative that McDaniels and Ziegler 
are operating with a little bit of a frenetic attitude um, because they're feeling the pressure, and they have to familiarize themselves with their surroundings, and that means bringing in more guys to help ease their transition into this season. Yeah, I agree, but you know, you got to make sure you bring in guys that's going to contribute and that's going to win ball games for you. Um, just because these guys play for the Patriots and they're familiarized with these guys being around them, doesn't mean that these guys are going to step up to play at the level that they expect them to play. Um, you know, you get Epps from the from the Eagles who benefited greatly uh, from that pass rush that Philadelphia had as well. You look at him in coverage; he's not a very good coverage guy. So I don't know how they're going to use him. Obviously, you need some help on the corners as well. Uh, Nate Hobbs is going to come back; he'll be healthy. Uh, so there's still some holes in that defense that they got to sure up. And I guess if you're going to go down, Willie, I guess go down with your guys from the Patriots. <laughs> Mark McMillan is with us. Mark, what does that do to a locker room, though? Is there is there a chance guys are looking around? They got the holdovers from the last era, uh, and they're looking at you know a lot of Patriots coming in where it's like, hey, are we Josh's guys or not? Um, yeah, that, that plays a big part on it. Uh, you know, when guys coming in uh, from the coach bringing in his own guys, and you know, we saw Josh, you know, release some guys. Uh, Seem like every week they were releasing somebody uh, from the squad and bringing in guys off the practice squad for the Patriots. Uh, we saw how the Patriots had the whole land of the law uh, you know, for the preseason as well. So these guys are familiar with the uh, with the surroundings because they practice here. Uh, you know, so it'll be it'll be interesting to see how the locker uh, comes out. Uh, I know another key part we need to look at is to see how are they going to use Hunter Renfro? Is he extendable? Or are they going to try to replace him as well? Mighty Mac is with us, contestant on Next Level Chef. We'll, uh, we'll wrap on uh, a little talk about last night. Man, I thought last night's episode you would have been perfect on because there sure was cook a protein with some sort of yeah. alcohol. And I know you have yeah. cooked with a ton of different alcohol. What, like, what's your favorite liquor to work with when you're cooking? Um, I love bourbon. You know, I, I love yeah. to cook with bourbon. You know, you can make so many different sauces, especially with a protein uh, with bourbon, um, I have like three different barbecue sauces that I make actually with bourbon, and I use Charles Houston bourbon as well for one of the one of the uh, for one of my sauces. But uh, Preston killed it last night, man. He crushed it. Uh, the young phenom, he's 19. He's raised his game up to another level, so he's doing great, man. So it was a lot of fire in the kitchen last night, man, and it wasn't me. <laughs> yeah, I feel like uh, Preston got himself back in the mix of like a top six person. That Marine killed it, and she's never really drank alcohol before. You mentioned Preston. He's only 19. He hasn't drank alcohol before. Uh, Teeny, man, I thought her pork chop, the presentation, was amazing. Um, a lot of the cream you know, rose to the top yesterday. And then the cook-off was between Chris. Can you tell us about Chris? Because I, I feel like he's, he's so manic, and then he's such a weirdo. Like, he comes off as super cocky. I understand yeah. the show's neat villains. Like, is... Is he super intense and kind of annoying, or are they just is that the way he's coming off on TV? Oh, that's the way he's coming off on TV. I think he embraces that role now. Uh, right. For the first time he was on there when he got mad, he kicked the elevator. Oh, uh, yeah. He is cocky, though. He is very cocky. Uh, you know, I know when we were going in our challenge, uh, going up the elevator, you know, I know he was like, man, I'm about to take you down. Oh, is that, that right? He was, he was like, this is my arena now. I was like, oh, game on. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> He's funny, and then I got to I got to give credit to uh, Vinny because I thought Vinny was a bit of a hack early in the shows, but man, yeah. he did uh, last week. 
he freaking nailed it with like alligator nuggets, and then this time around yeah, he did he did ba- he did baby scallops with uh, I don't even what was the I can't remember what the liquor was, but uh, yeah, he nailed it, man. Vinny's been really good, the firefighter out of Mass. Yeah, Vinny's crushing it right now, man. It seems like after you get over that first uh, elimination round, uh, you bounce back a little bit better. Uh, and Vinny's been a, he's a fire patty. You know he's been in the kitchen. He's cooking for these guys uh, week in and week out. So he's just cooking uh, in that tense environment. But, uh, you know, I, I, my girl Cassie, she got eliminated last week, man. So that was, that was, that was sucky. So it was like she go from should have had the best dish to actually you know, being eliminated. So, you know, Seems like Chris is always in the elimination round, but he's squeaking by every every week. <laughs> uh, last one, Mark. What do you got coming up this week? Your schedule is just freaking jam packed right now. You got uh, some food stuff coming up. I, I got some stuff coming up, man. Obviously, uh, you know, being with Channel Eight, you know, covering the Raiders as well. Uh, I got a couple of charity golf events that I'm doing. I have to go to Arizona because my barbecue sauce is finally done, so I'll go pick that up, and that'll be on sale as well. Um, I got a new management company. Uh, that, that I signed up with, so there's some, some deals in the work for there as well. So I'm just busy, man, just loving life, but I always make time for you guys, man. Uh, we got to get Cassie on with the Rutgers ties, and we also have to get Matt on at some point. I don't know that Matt's going to win. You can't tell us, but uh, we like Matt a lot because Matt's a griller like you, and Matt like barely yeah. got through last night. It's becoming a real challenge for the big fella. Yeah, I, so I asked Cassie, because uh, you know, they're in, actually in New York right now, so they're, uh, one of the chefs last year, show invited to his restaurant in New York. I was like, hey, Cass, I'm going to get you on the show today. It's like, I don't know if I can get on the show. I might be a little bit too late because it's the same that today, and I'm in New York. So I don't know if I'll be really, I'll be coherent, so we'll try to get Cassie next <laughs> week. There you go. All right, Mark, we'll talk to you, buddy. <laughs> All right, appreciate it, guys. There he is, Mark McMillan. Went out a couple episodes on Next Level Chef. I'm still watching. Really good show. Awesome creativity. Some drama. Big fan of the uh, judges as well. And, uh, man, when Ramsey starts to lay into you, oh, boy, it's intimidating. Did you watch Top Chef when that was? Uh, no, and I get yelled at all the time. The SO is like, go back and watch it. It's a great show. I used to watch it at the beginning, I, like seasons two and three or something like that. I need to go back. Yeah. Uh, this hour. In Reno and in Vegas, presented by Battleborn Injury Lawyers. Call from anywhere in the state of Nevada. Remember, they have offices in Henderson, Vegas, and Reno. Call from anywhere, 766-1400.